All right, friends, it's hoop ball promo time. This is big because this is our 2020-2021 NBA season product rollout, and I am so excited to tell you about what we've got. We almost never push our hoop ball products, but this is the window of the year where we need to power that engine. So let me tell you what's out. We've got our draft guide, our flagship's shining beacon to the most comprehensive draft guide in fantasy. We cover all over 400 players this season with future access pass to our Brewski 150. Now, if you don't know what the Brewski 150 is, I'm here to give you the need-to-know info. This is the fantasy draft list that has beaten every other list for 10 straight years and new this year for hootball we're unveiling our monthly membership plans featuring our fantasy pass draft guide brewski 150 our new dfs pass premium in-season tools as well as our wager pass for sports bettors everything you need we've got you covered 365 around the clock hoop ball tools is your one-stop shop for your nba treasure trove of fantasy need to know information all that you need and more check us out head to hoop-ball.com or follow at hoopball fantasy on twitter now check it out give us a follow get your tools and win your league all right friends it's hoop ball promo time this is big because this is our 2020-2021 NBA season product rollout, and I am so excited to tell you about what we've got. We almost never push our hoop ball products, but this is the window of the year where we need to power that engine. So let me tell you what's out. We've got our draft guide, our flagship's shining beacon to the most comprehensive draft guide in fantasy. We cover all over 400 players this season with future access pass to our Brewski 150. Now, if you don't know what the Brewski 150 is, I'm here to give you the need-to-know info. This is the fantasy draft list that has beaten every other list for 10 straight years and new this year for hootball we're unveiling our monthly membership plans featuring our fantasy pass draft guide brewski 150 our new dfs pass premium in-season tools as well as our wager pass for sports bettors everything you need we've got you covered 365 around the clock hoop ball tools is your one-stop shop for your nba treasure trove of fantasy need to know information all that you need and more check us out head to hoop-ball.com or follow at hoopball fantasy on twitter now check it out give us a follow get your tools and win your league the following is a hoop ball presentation You know, I contemplated making Hank say hello first because I feel like people are going to think they're listening to the wrong podcast, right? No, I think I think that they like to hear your voice first. I think it's the easier way to smooth them in. So <laughs> your voice is much more soothing than mine. So I think it's better off for everyone. Well, it's the box score breakdown, everybody. This is not Fantasy NBA Today. This is box score breakdown. I'm stepping in because, Hank, you needed a second chair. And you were like, Dan, you should probably just start this thing. And I was like, ah, okay. And here we are. We want to lead off with our best foot. Yeah, not right now, man. I'm I'm dying over here. My voice is hanging on by a thread. Uh, so, Hank, you want to say hello to everybody while I cough into the microphone? All right. Welcome, folks. Welcome to the box score breakdown. This is Hank Aaron. 
and this is the opening night of the NBA season, or as I like to call it, the overreaction central. <laughs> so tonight, you know, everyone will be going nuts, and really tomorrow night with all the games, people will be going even crazier. But tonight is a night where you could feel like you're. 13th round pick is going to be a massive steal or your first round pick is going to be a huge failure but of course you just gotta calm down and and let the season play out a yeah bit. it's all about minutes that's what i'm always watching who's playing and when and then you try to determine why uh that i mean that's you, you build the story out and it's not about each individual line necessarily and obviously those are helpful for uh creating buy low and sell high pockets or whatever you're looking for at this point but it's about understanding the opportunity that's available out there and you know i think we we have a ton of examples of this uh particularly in the first game where new orleans and toronto went into overtime so there was all sorts of weird stuff going on but uh before we even get into that just quickly here on box score breakdown um what you guys are going to be getting uh five days a week it, the box score breakdown will come out Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday nights. Uh, Adrian and Kurt, you know him from the Hoopball forums. He's now, uh, his name is Captain, we call him on the forums. He'll be hanging out with Adrian on Sunday night. Adrian and Coach, who kind of welcomed everybody to the show with a, an episode on Tuesday morning, they've got Monday nights in general. Hank, you're going to be with a rotating cast. It's me on this one, but you're going to have different uh, guest hosts and so forth with you. So we get, you get to stay on your toes on Tuesday nights. Uh, Josh and Kurt, Josh Millman will be joining Kurt on Wednesday and then JC and Alan, uh, a couple of new voices on the box score breakdown on Thursday night. So it's going to be a lot of fun this year. And, you know, you'll hear different voices. I think we'll sub people in on, on different nights, depending on as people get busy. But the cool part is that people are going to get to hear from a lot of the analysts and pros at Hoopball over the course of the year and, and break down box scores and getting everybody the best pickups without having to wait till the next morning. That's the best part of this, man. Everybody gets stuff the night that it happens. You don't have to look through the box scores yourself. You just listen to the show. That's a, that's that's a treat. That's a treat. We're making it easy for you. Making it easy. Uh, Hank, you want to kick us off? We only got two games, so this will be a relatively short episode compared to uh, at least tomorrow. So you and I got the easy one. Uh, Toronto and New Orleans, what went down in that one? So, of course, the big thing to remember is Zion is out. He's going to be out for approximately six to eight weeks at least. Uh, and so I think people looking at this can can figure what kind of value can they get out of these players for the next two months. Um, and then possibly, you know, keep in mind if, if Zion goes down again, you know, we uh, don't want to say that, that he's going to get hurt again or, or anything like that, but he missed the, the summer league after a few minutes of playing. He's now missing a couple of months, uh, and so it's going to be interesting. His health is going to be a big story. So, you know, these these kind of the numbers here are interesting, and 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 they may hold some some additional information down the line if Zionists miss more time at the back half of the season. But the top player on the on the list, the guy who I thought was going to get a big boost from the injury, who didn't get that many minutes, was Derek Favors. Only 21 minutes, three of six shooting, seven rebounds, two assists, one block, one turnover. Um, you know, not kind of a disappointing night if you owned him, and it's going to be very disappointing if he doesn't improve on these numbers with Zion out. So that's that's one big thing, um, kind of a red flag. We'll see what happens. I, th- I think there's room for him to improve, uh, but I wasn't wouldn't be happy about that if I was a favors uh, owner. Uh, on the flip side, Brandon Ingram, 35 minutes, 22 points, eight of 19 shooting, not great, but the free throws were nice, four of four, five rebounds, five assists, one steal, two blocks. He's somebody that I think 
Um, especially with Zion out, the, the counting stats are going to be there. Um, he's got the ability to contribute across the board. The issue with him that was going to possibly hold back his value was going to be the efficiency with the field goal and the free throw shooting. Looks like the free throws were good tonight. We'll see if he can keep that up. The field goals were a little bit low in terms of percentage, but uh, lots of shots, lots of opportunity. He may be the top guy to capitalize on the Zion injury. Drew Holiday, not the most efficient night, but 41 minutes, 6 of 15 shooting, 4 rebounds, 6 assists, 2 blocks, uh, 5 turnovers, a little bit high. Uh, Drew, one of the the most understated aspects of his value is the blocks. So I think that's a nice thing to see. Probably going to keep it going this year as well. I think you can expect a positive regression as far as field goal shooting goes. And I think the Zion injury may, may bode well for his value. Lonzo Ball. Only 25 minutes, 8 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, 1 turnover. So um, no steals, no blocks. Uh, so the defensive stats is something that typically will boost his value. We didn't get it tonight. However, the, the poor shooting was still there. The free throw shooting was good. Um, only 25 minutes, and the Zion injury may actually decrease his value. The last guy in the starting lineup tonight was J.J. Redick. 27 minutes, 6 of 9 shooting, 4 of 6 from 3. Uh, two rebounds, one assist, three turnovers. So, again, he's going to have more opportunity there. I think um, Zion was pretty clearly going to be the number one guy on offense. With him gone, there's going to be a lot of usage to spread around. It looks like, you know, Redick, Ingram, both beneficiaries tonight. I'd expect favors to get some some more usage in the future. But all of them, uh, you know, getting a lot of minutes. On the so, bench. Here, before we, oh, go ahead, do the bench, and then I had a couple questions for you. On the bench, we had um, not gonna go with these names here, but Nikhil Alexander Walker, <laughs> one of ten shooting. Um, so ten shots is a positive, making only one of them, not great. Etwan Moore, only twelve minutes, uh, two of seven. Josh Hart got twenty-eight minutes, um, and he's got the ability to contribute in a lot of categories. So he's someone to keep an eye on. Um, but four of nine from the field, three three pointers, four four from the three free throw line, six rebound. Excuse me, ten rebounds, one assist, one block. So um, possible add if he keeps it going for a couple of days, he's somebody that could provide decent value while Zion is out. Um, Jaleel Okafor, twelve minutes, three of three shooting, eight points. Not really on the standard league radar. Uh, Fred Jackson, fourteen minutes, three of six. Also not really on the standard league uh, radar. And then we have Niccolo Melli. Um, he got 14 points, uh, so keep an eye on him. Uh, five of seven shooting, four threes, five rebounds, two assists. So he's someone that, again, uh, we'll see how things shake out. Um, again, when the top player goes out, there's a lot of going to be a lot of moving pieces. So the Pelicans are a team to monitor for at least the next couple of weeks, see how things play out, and and keep in mind whatever happens now later because Zion may may potentially miss time on the back half of the season too. So uh, in terms of some of the, the starters you were mentioning, I, I thought it was interesting on the Pelican side that only Ingram and Drew Holiday hit 35 minutes or more in a game that went to overtime. Wasn't that sort of interesting? Josh Hart playing 28. He really, Alva Gentry kept everybody's minutes relatively low, which is kind of an unpleasant sign. Obviously, we're not going to overreact to it, but... You know, Lonzo, 25, that's not very many minutes. Uh, Derek Favors, the the 21, he actually played 13 or 14 in the first half, so he didn't see much 
Uh, I don't think he played in the fourth quarter or overtime, so there was a chance for that to be better than it turned out. But pretty weird how low the minutes were for a lot of the starters on that team, no? Very strange. He used a lot of players. Um, it could very well be that, um, you know, I mean, he was he was planning on, on using Zion as, as the main engine on the team. And when, when he went out, he's trying to now figure out which rotations are going to work, which players are going to work with, with who. And, and so he's going to tinker a little bit for the next week or two. We'd like to see, from a fantasy perspective, a tighter rotation. Um, but it's, it's certainly strange to have 12 guys playing all in double-digit minutes, You know, only two guys going above 30. Um, as a fantasy owner, you're not going to like that, and, and you're going to hope that that you know, gets gets fixed in the next week or yeah, two. Yeah, I mean, and then in, it, you sort of uh, compare that to the other side where the Raptors had uh, four guys who hit 35 minutes and two guys who played 44 minutes in this ballgame. They went heavy load for a few key guys. Yeah, no, the Raptors have, have are, are tight. I think they know what they want to do. They they had a plan. It's I mean, pretty clear, right? They had a plan coming into the season. They've got a couple of veterans that they're going to rely on, Gasol and Ibaka, uh, then they've got the guys who are developed, and, and Lowry, of course. And then they've got Siakam, who they're trying to build as a new centerpiece of the team. Van Vliet's going to play a big role. Um, and then, you know, Powell's there as a veteran. And Terrence Davis is kind of this rookie that um, I believe he was undrafted. And he's kind of very quickly taken a role on this team. Uh, and he's flashing. So anyone who's in a... F- we'll go through the, the numbers in a, in a minute, but... Anybody who's in a dynasty league, especially a deep dynasty league, uh, Davis is somebody that is kind of intriguing longer term, maybe not for this year, but he's somebody that just very quickly went from undrafted to guaranteed contract to prominent or semi-prominent role in a very tight rotation. So keep an eye on him, more so in dynasty leagues than redraft. But uh, going through the, the, the players, Siakam, monster game to start the season. 11 of 26 from the field, two threes, 10 of 11 from the free throw line, 18 rebounds, five assists, one block, four turnovers, 34 points. Uh, There was some concern, and we did the ESPN uh, draft analysis that had him at number 10, which seemed absurdly high, even though we're very high on him at hoop ball, probably higher than almost anywhere else. But that ESPN slot at 10 seemed high, but I mean, this is a big line from him, and and he, you know, he's somebody that looks like he may be pushing top 20 or, or I don't want to say he's going to be a first-round player, but really a monster line to start the season. OG, Anunoboy, Anunoboy. Uh, Ananobi. Um, Ananobi, excuse yeah. me. Ananobi. Um, <laughs> 11 points, 7 rebounds, 5 of 12 from the field, a 3-pointer, um, 2 blocks. He's got the ability to contribute in a number of categories as well. Defensive stats, three-pointers. He's got the money counters going. He's got issues with efficiency. You know, 0 of 1 from free throw tonight, 5 of 12 from field goal. Neither one of those great. Oh, neither one of those terrible. Um, he's also got a big role. So 36 minutes is is, is obviously buoyed by the, the overtime minutes. But he's somebody that could be looking at 30 minutes a game. And he's somebody that can contribute. In a lot of categories, certainly someone to consider on your radar is he's probably available in 12-team leagues. Uh, certainly, you know, if you keep an eye on him for a couple more games, he's somebody that could contribute at the end of your roster. Marcus Gasol, uh, 32 minutes tonight, 6 points, 4 rebounds, 1 assist, 
Um, not a great line from him, but again, expect him to bounce back. He's he's you know been a pretty consistent player, although his field goal percentage has been trending in the wrong direction the last couple of seasons. Kyle Lowry, uh, 45 minutes tonight, four yeah. 15 from the field, three threes, 11 to 13 free throw, six assists, four rebounds, two steals, four turnovers. So. Field goal was poor, especially poor from the three-point line. But again, we know what this guy can do. I'd expect you know some improvement in those in those in those categories, and I wouldn't wouldn't go you know get too concerned about him. He should be pretty comfortable as a top forty guy this year, assuming he stays healthy. But the story of the night, Fred Van Vliet, forty-four minutes, twelve of eighteen from the field, five threes, five of six from the free throw line. Five rebounds, seven assists, two steals, no blocks, only two turnovers, 34 points. This is going to be the poster boy of overreactions. Um, I liked him coming into the year. I thought he was a good value in the drafts. Looks like he'll probably turn positive return on investment. But don't get carried away. Uh, it's a big game. It's helped by the overtime minutes. But I wouldn't wouldn't go too crazy on him. But what do you think about him, Dan? Yeah, I mean, this is an obvious sell high moment. You know, he's not gonna he's not gonna shoot twelve for eighteen. He's never been even close to a sixty six percent shooter from the field. He's always been uh, low forties. And this is a game where he needed to do a little bit more scoring. I think there are gonna be nights where you get a little more out of Surge, a little more out of Gasol. Uh, that being said, he is going to be in the offense. You know, he's a starter. He's going to play decent minutes. They don't have much depth in Toronto. They traded it all away last year in their championship run. So he's a must-own guy, uh, but he's not a 34-5-7 and seven guy. You know, you're, you're looking more at a nice pick. You know, you got him probably around 100, maybe a little bit before that. You're probably looking at uh, maybe top 75 as a reasonable target for him because he doesn't generally do a ton in the steals department, and and usually you will see the field goal percent kind of ding you a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is a spot where you should be celebrating if you had him because obviously this is a fantastic game. And also see if you can spin him for... Uh, I mean, most, most people are not going to part with someone that they love. Your move is probably to wait to see what happens tomorrow when everybody else is playing, basically, and you'll get some guys that were drafted probably three, four rounds ahead of Freddie that are likely going to finish ahead of him, whatever it is, one, two rounds, and make those incremental jumps in your trades. Don't try to trade Van Fleet and get a second rounder back. No one's going to say yes to that, but wait to see what happens tomorrow and eyeball someone who you know is going to be a very comfortable top 50 guy, maybe somebody ranked in like the mid-40s, late-40s, uh, that's really reliable and easy to deal with. Maybe they have a bad game tomorrow. You try to make that little flip. Go from a guy yeah. who's a top 75 to like a top 55. See if you can make those little jumps when you catch this lightning in a bottle, and that's the b- best way to treat something like that. Great advice. Great advice. I think it's exactly the right thing. Find somebody who has an off night tomorrow night just slightly above him and see if you can flip him. Yeah, make the flip. The rest... Yep, the rest of the bench here, Serge Ibaka, 26 minutes, 13 points, 5 rebounds, 1 steal, no blocks, 5 and 6 on the free throw line. Uh, so, you know, slightly below what we're expecting from him, but I think, you know, he'll, he'll be back and he'll, he'll do a little bit more, like you said. Terrence Davis, rookie, 15 minutes, 2 of 6 from the field, 1 of 3 from the 3-point line, 5 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals, 5 points, uh, like I said, not really on the on the redraft radar, but if you're in a deep dynasty league, might be helpful. 
Norman Powell, 29 minutes, 2 of 7 shooting, 5 points, 8 rebounds, 2 assists. Um, you know, he's probably going to be locked into a consistent role on, off the bench, but not really a, a needle mover in a standard 12-team league. So, uh, he, oh, sorry, I was going to say game two. You want to do game two? Okay. I was going to jump in, but I was going to say if you have any other thoughts on... No, not really. I mean, I think, you, you know, we obviously need to do a little bit. We need more. We need more data on day one. I'm not leaping on or off of anybody on New Orleans. Um, again, the low minutes for most of the guys on the Pelicans was a big deal for me. And then with Toronto, I'm not abandoning Marcus Gasol. He played 32 minutes. I'm not abandoning Serge Ibaka. Normally, he'll flip a block in there or a three-pointer, and then you've got a standard Serge line. Um yeah. Ananobi, probably a must-own guy playing 36 minutes. Uh, he seems like he's going to see action this year. Um, and if he's, you know, if you got somebody at the end of your bench that is useless, then maybe that's the one thing I take away from, from game one. Uh, game two, the Danny Green show as the Lakers lose to uh, Kawhi Leonard's Clippers. Yep, Danny Green, you know. Lakers got Anthony Davis. They already had LeBron James, but Danny Green is the leading scorer on opening night. 10 of 14 shooting, 7 of 9 from the 3, 1 of 1 from the free throw line, 7 rebounds, 2 steals, 1 block, 0 turnovers if you're in a 9-cat league, 28 points. What a line. You know what's coming next, though. Um, Hopefully not his best line. Hopefully not his best line of the season. That's absolutely that is absolutely his best line of the season. You know what happens with Danny Green. His his next game is going to be uh, like six points, one rebound, a steal, and a turnover. You know the Danny Green thing. The, the yeah. Danny Green thing is you just you look at what he did over the course of a month, and you don't worry about the other stuff. That's the rule That's with right. Danny Green. He has these giant ones, and then he has total clunkers. And it averages out to a plodding top 90 guy. We all know who Danny Green is at this point. Uh, but he should be on fantasy teams. And he is. He's 67% owned in Yahoo League. So he's uh, he's pretty heavily owned. And um, he got off to a great start because the rest of the Lakers were pretty crummy in this game. AD and LeBron included. Neither one of them. Yep. Like, neither one of yep. them hit a shot. They both looked like they were sort of really trying hard to shake off the rust in this ballgame. Uh, I thought... Um, I thought Jared Dudley was the second best player on the Lakers in this ballgame tonight. He made his two shots. Avery Bradley actually looked better than most of the other guards on the team. Uh, Quinn Cook was terrible. Kentavious Caldwell-Pope was truly horrendous. Um, JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard, they did what they were supposed to do. They played their close to 20 minutes apiece to let AD play power forward for most of the night, and neither one of them was very good. I think JaVale has the the higher upside with the blocks and not full-on punt free throw. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I'm a big Lakers guy. So watching this game was, uh, difficult for a couple of reasons, but also, uh, kind of a, I thought kind of a positive because the Clippers shot 52% and won by 10. Um, and the Lakers shot 43 and a half percent and LeBron and AD were both terrible. If either one of those guys has a decent ball game, this is a competitive game to the end. I mean, then it's, you know, it's going to be decided in a coin flip. So I think these are pretty evenly matched teams, and the Clippers just seem to want this one more. I mean, they got a great show from Mo Harkless. He was stellar in this one, and he could be decent until Paul George gets back. Kawhi was awesome, uh, aside from some turnovers, but 36-5 and five with a couple steals and a block. Lou Williams looked good. He even shot 57%. I mean, Pat Beverly doesn't hit shots. Basically, everybody else in the Clippers hit their shots, 
and only Danny Green hit his on the Lakers. So that is a pretty easy reason to see why this game went the direction it did. From a fantasy perspective, uh, the Lakers side was fairly straightforward. I, 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 you know, I think you hold on to JaVale McGee if you drafted him because he can get it done in 20 minutes and he'll probably see close to 20 most nights. Uh, mm. LeBron, AD, and Danny Green are the guys that should be owned on the Lakers. And for the Clippers, Kawhi, Lou Williams, those are the obvious ones. I love Pat Beverly because of his weirdo fantasy game. Uh, Mont- yep. Montrez Harrell, yes, he was a total punt free throw guy tonight despite other good numbers. Ivica Zubas sucks. I've been telling people that for a, a, like two years now they're like oh lakers got fleeced yeah i mean they did because mike muscala is even worse but zubats is terrible uh they gave him a bunch of money to to be a fill-in starter but montrez is the center on that team um yeah. and then uh, mo harkless who i've loved for years I, I mean people that listen to my show uh, fantasy nba didn't know i had know that i had mo harkless watch for the entire 2018-19 season Every time he starts to look better, his knee flares up, so that's something to keep an eye on with him. He might sit out back-to-backs. He might get weird rest days, too. He hasn't been healthy in two years. I love him when he is healthy because he steals blocks, threes, and efficiency, um, but I don't know how long he's going to be able to sort of hold this thing together. So I, I think you're looking at the the usual suspects, Beverly, Lou Will, Kawhi, Montrez, George when he gets back, uh, and maybe you sort of spot-start Mo Harkless if the Clippers have a day or two off before the ball game in question, what am I missing? I think you got it. I mean, I'm looking at more Har- more Har- Harkless's line, and this is this is like an inverted Russell Westbrook line. <laughs> all efficiency, you know, all efficiency. Two blocks, four steals, two threes, four of seven from the field, no turnovers. That's a great line that would just be completely missed if you didn't stare at it. Yeah, that's the that's I mean, the nine category fantasy line. That, that I mean that those are the guys that win people leagues because people get so infatuated with the guy that scores twenty five points on inefficient numbers, and, and they forget about the guy that did what, what Mo Harkless did. Uh, one of the one of the kind of fun tools uh, that that float around on the internet is you know they when box scores they sort of rank guys by the most impactful lines of the night. Danny Green had the most impactful fantasy line of the night. Freddie Van Fleet, Pascal Siakam were ranked two and three, and then Mo Harkless. He technically had the fourth most positive impact line on a night when Kawhi Leonard had 36 and five. And yes, some of that was the turnover uh, blip between the two guys, but that's how important it is to have four steals, two blocks, two three-pointers, eight cash counters, no turnovers, and 57% shooting. That was a brilliant line. Um, I, I think he, I think he should Great be used. I, I'm confident throwing him into lineups, even though he's coming off the bench. I, I think he's going to play most games. He's better than Jamichael Green. He's way better than Patrick Patterson, who started this game for some reason. Um, the problem is that he does, he has knee issues, chronic knee yeah. issues. So if you're picking him up, you have to know that you're getting into a weird thing where he might start a game, play six minutes, and then just tap out. And that's a mm-hmm. that's a tough thing to deal with from a guy who's uh sort of a low usage needs to be on the floor to accrue stats kind of guy. Yep, yep. And also some additional, like you said, when Paul George comes back, may cut cut into his time. So, oh but, yeah, big time, big time. But his, but his, <laughs> yeah. I mean, while Paul George is out, it looks like a decent short term play at least. I actually don't. I don't think Landry Shamit is going to be doing much in fantasy this year. I mean, he's all he's he's like JJ Redick, but at a lower clip. So which I'm, I'm right. just not that. I like I'd rather have JJ Redick. Um, 
than Shamit because he's what is he? He's technically he's like a point guard in name only. Uh, he doesn't get the assists because those go to Beverly. Um, he doesn't rebound. It's only three pointers. If he doesn't hit three pointers, his line is going to be super hollow, which is what you saw tonight. Yeah, he's going to be tough to own when they're at full health. Um, if there's an injury to Beverly or and Be- Beverly, I think does usually miss some time, right? So there may be some opportunities for Shamit later on in the season, but if they're fully healthy, he's a sixth or seventh guy to hit a couple of threes. He's not going to be so productive this year. I'm yep. with you. Uh, um, I, I, I don't hate Zubats as much as you do. But... He's terrible. <laughs> he's so terrible. <laughs> but, but he only got ten minutes tonight. You know, yeah, so it's he's like never he, gonna get yeah, minutes. he's still not. He's not playing much. Um, there isn't going to be a big role for him. So they gave him a bunch of money to do nothing. Yeah. He's yeah. he's like the backup quarterback role on this team. I, I don't. I didn't fully understand that. That was like a, I feel like they made that move just to make Laker fans feel even more stupid from having <laughs> traded away Zubats for Mike Muscala, which again was an idiotic trade, but neither one of those guys is very good. That's the thing that I think we really need to stress. But anyway, um, yeah, that's it. That's the two games. We had an easy one. Very easy. That's the good life, man. That's the good life. Uh, Hank, you want to, you want to practice taking us out? (laughs) All right. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us tonight. Uh, Dan, what do you got coming up soon? Oh, well, that's a good question. Fantasy NBA today, tomorrow, we'll obviously break down these games, uh, in a, in sort of a different look. We'll, we'll take a look towards the Wednesday card on tomorrow's episode of fantasy NBA today. Uh, and the next episode of box score breakdown is tomorrow night. That will be Josh Millman and Curtis Beach. That should be a lot of fun. Okay, and how can they get a hold of you on social media? Uh, it's a, thank you for doing that. This is weird to be the guest. I'm at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. What about you, Hank? I'm Hank Aaron 26, H-A-N-K-A-A-R-O-N 26. And then last question, Dan, what kind of coffee do you drink? <laughs> None, actually, because my body can't digest caffeine. But if I did, it would always be Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company. I like the way you're teeing it up. You're just putting the ball on the tee, and all I got to do is swing the bat around. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) Thanks, Hank. That was outstanding. Um, Thank you. I guess we're all done, man. Uh, I want you to have the very last word, though. Thank you all for joining us tonight. It's a lot of fun. It's going to be a great season. Basketball is back. And we're excited to help you out with your fantasy teams. And we're, we're excited to do another full season here. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.